take two men that happen to be cousins who share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? A corpulent cornucopia of cinematic scrutiny we call The Finleys on Film. I picked up this book. Um, do, you, do you run across those local... Um like local neighborhood libraries. They're like little bread boxes. Take a book, leave a book. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I found a book, Ecstasy and Me, My Life as a Woman, Hedy Lamar. Hedley Ah, Lamar. (laughs) And a little epigraph here at the beginning reads, um, this is a Hedy Lamar quote. I've always felt that if a man gives you a solid gold key to his door, he's entitled to the courtesy of a visit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, doesn't that strike you as odd? No, because I think she's probably at some point somebody had a solid gold key that they fucking gave to her. Maybe you're talking about a very specific moment. I'm sure there were a couple of moments in her life, but she spent a, a great deal of her life being this brilliant genius who came up with you know, uh, inventions that we still use and everyone say, yeah, yeah, fine, doll face, but the USO needs you out there showing your gams. I just thought it's interesting <laughs> for her to put that. But then again, this is not like a book that was written by her just before her death. I think it's from the 60s or something where she still had to sell that horse shit. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's still ahead, but God damn it. That's right. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Mel Brooks has much, it has all, if and only if that to atone for. It's ruined Hedley Lamar's name. Yeah. Uh, in the best possible way, are we? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we wanted to talk about um, this film. You and I had never seen this film. Nineteen sixty. Never heard of it, right? Never heard of it. Nineteen sixty one's Paris Blues. Paris Blues, nineteen sixty one. Talk about a hell of a cast. A hell of a lot of everything, right? Yeah, a lot of things going on. Okay, I mean, so first off, first off, understand this is a jazz movie, and they got Duke Ellington to score the whole thing. So, like, come on, Duke Ellington to score the whole thing. And Louis Armstrong to play some sort of Mick Jaggery version of himself. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although maybe that's what he was like in real life, because I don't know. Because my 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 total view of Louis Armstrong is is uh, you know that horrible song that everyone thinks is like the acme of his fucking career, which is his and, worst song and ever. his appearance in movies by white people. So I don't know. The one that maybe that's more like him. I don't know. Gets my goat is High Society. Yeah, exactly. That's Zuba, pretty much. Zuba, Zuba, I'm referring Bing. to that for sure. He plays yeah. second jazz fiddle to Bing Crosby. <laughs> Which is <laughs> pretty horrific, right? Yeah. The guy who literally invented scat is with a guy who's scatting near him, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, all right. All right, so, so there's, there's that. that. And it's Paul Newman, for fuck's sake. Paul Newman at his, at his prettiest. Yeah, yeah nearly. Yeah, yeah. in there. And and, uh, and Sydney. And Sydney Poitier. That's interesting. Sydney Poitier had just, this is the film Poitier did after Raisin and the Sun. Okay. And this is the film um, Newman did after The Hustler. You can see it was like sort of in that time period. It was the one directly after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same okay, year right, as the yeah. Hustler, and the year I think for uh, Poitier was the right. year after he did. That Raising makes sense. Sure. Okay. Um, and so, so there's that sort of dynamic, which is like when you see them together. I have a whole theory about these two that that's like why it's weird that they haven't been in more films together. Actually, okay. all right. Um, and I'll reveal that when I feel the time is right. No, no, yeah, not now. That wouldn't be a good time. <laughs> okay, well, it's this. <laughs> so, I, so every like Michael. a lot of great actors, or let's say likable actors, even have their tell. And the the one I, I always sort of point to because to to me it's just the most obvious is Jack Lemmon, and the um, 
the tug at his collar. You know, and he pulls at the thing. That's just sort of like his go-to. I wouldn't even say crutch. It's just sort of like the same way that W.C. Fields has drat and blah, 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 all these right. made-up words under his breath. Right. Now, I thought of this as I was watching this movie. Sidney Poitier and Paul Newman hmm. have... Uh, an energy they go toward, and they go toward toward it in the, exactly the opposite way. I mean, precisely the opposite uh, way. It's so intriguing. specific. I want to know. Okay, go for that. That it's, it. it turns out to be a great pairing. Mm-hmm. When Sidney Poitier starts to get mad and righteous in a film, watch yeah. him put a jacket on. He begins by putting a jacket on by almost tearing the jacket onto himself and like kind of a rage jacket putting on, mm-hmm. and then slows it. And then cocks his head and turns toward you, or maybe even the camera, right? Or turns toward, toward right. and says, oh, I see. <laughs> There's a, like a, 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 an epiphany uh, to his rage. Right, right. It's okay. fast, and then like, oh, I'm really rageful because I'm now in slow motion, baby. <laughs> okay, whereas Paul Newman Paul Newman up. begins to put the jacket on and gets more like, maybe I'm a good, a good time Charlie. Like, yeah, the, yeah, like yeah, he gets yeah, more okay. angry the, 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 the more he puts on a jacket. And it's not only with jackets, but I've seen him both, both put on jackets in different films and put on coats in this film. And it's like, wow, what a precisely opposite approach. And, and what an interesting pairing right. as a result. Yeah, of, I, I, of that approach. They were actually. I, I actually I enjoyed watching them in, in a movie together. I mean, it was yep, funny. Is like in a sense, and in a kind of a larger sense, they're almost like in two different movies. Like this is an. I, I, yeah. I, I I'm really going to. I think we're, I'm going to enjoy talking about the this story movie. of this movie. Is also weird that it becomes two interesting, two different movies. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it kind of does. It kind of yeah. sh- it shifts in that sense too. The funny the, what I was watching of this movie is, and this is going to sound like I'm knocking the movie, and I'm not knocking the movie. Yep. Is that. There's a basically it's a it's a Hollywood director like let's cash in on this on this jazz thing yeah the Paris jazz scene and that's obviously what's going on there of course and then let's put a love story on top of it that's really kind of the essence of the movie yeah there's and that's not a bad thing but it's but it's very obvious that that's what happened there's some layering that happens and and some some sort of changes that happened in this movie the production of this movie that um, spelled nothing but disaster in a way. And I think mm. that, that it avoids disaster is kind of miraculous, that it actually is a good movie, despite like it's all very, the ways that it could have gone wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many things about this movie to enjoy. There's the acting. I mean, the two mm-hmm. the two leads are, are smoking and stellar. Yep. Uh, the female leads are good also. They're pretty good. I, 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 would, them I would say Joanne Woodward, um, who was already his mate at this point, mm-hmm. I, I think is uh, she's the third amazing actor in this film. I, yeah. I think she's fantastic yeah. in this film in a way that, that sort of blossoms. Like it's not apparent immediately. Yeah, she could have gone very south. I think the I think the, uh, the I don't remember what the other woman's name was. The other woman? Are you talking about Diane Carroll? Diane Carroll, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. She wasn't as strong as I've seen her be in other movies. She was very she's... kind she was kind of a one note. She was there to say a thing. Yeah, I don't know that she is actually a great actress at all. I think that she is a very strong presence, mm-hmm. which that's... is different from being a great actor. And and it's strong, but she's definitely separated from the other three. In right. That sense. Yeah, definitely. But but again, she was there, like I said, to sort of pound on a single rail, which is the whole. So I mean, should we go into the top, go into the story just a little yeah, bit go ahead. here? It's a uh, it's a couple of expatriate uh, jazz musicians in uh, in in Paris, France. Hence the name oh, that Paris. Paris. Okay, yes. yep. uh, and uh, a couple of touristy uh, women come over and sh- you know show up. 
Uh, they both pair up according to race, of course. Even though originally there's a little twist where Paul Newman is trying to get with the black girl as opposed to with the white. So that was kind of cool. And I imagine very sort of outre at the time, 1961, a little bit cutting edge. Um, so they so uh, so um, while they're being uh, not even struggling, they make it. They make it. They make being a musician in Paris look fucking chic and awesome. Quite frankly, yeah. uh, so you can't even say that necessarily that they're struggling, even though they're living in small rooms. They're struggling in the same like in the sense that you like picture Ernest. Hemingway struggling back in the day, right? Yep. Like, you know that's a struggle, but God damn it, they're in Paris, right? <laughs> so, you know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, and so uh, and so then they fall, uh, and then uh, the, the, the two pair, the two couples uh, f- uh, fall in mutually in love all the way across the board, yep. uh, and then uh, the women want to wreck the men's lives. So <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, it's kind of where out. it goes. Yeah, it's like, so... Uh, wait, 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 are you going to straighten that out, or is that how you actually feel? Oh, uh, that's a little. Life. That's kind of how I feel a little bit, and at the same oh. time, we'll st- we, we can definitely straighten it out. So they want to. They basically want to yeah, to uh, to save the men from Paris and take them back to the United States uh, to live lives of uh, get married and have you know domestic lives. And of course, Sidney Poitier. One of the things that he most enjoys about being in Paris is he doesn't have to apologize for being black. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a country that just doesn't have racism uh, the way we do. We do and did did yeah. and do. We got better much uh you know uh for from racism he just didn't have to fucking deal with it when he's in paris and i was looking at that just going god damn it yeah yeah. Why the fuck would you give that up? But she, meanwhile, wants to go back and fight the good fight in the place where the fight needs to be fought. And I get that. But yeah. I also get, like, fuck, if you if you could, why, why would you stay? <laughs> if you, and, yeah. and, then, and then there's the other thing, too, of, like, uh, Paul Newman's character. He's, he's a struggling musician. He really, really wants to become, like, a composer and a, and a seriously taken. He, he, owns, he has, like, a club. Right. But he really wants to be taken seriously as a musician and as a composer. And uh, his uh, and uh, his woman uh, wants to uh, save him, uh, you know, to go back to Wisconsin or some fucking thing. Because uh, that's that's where jazz happens, not in Paris. Yeah, but I... I, I don't know. I found that, like, that, I found, that like her, one, I her argument inaccurate. stupid. But I mean, her, she didn't have that argument. She wasn't trying to save him from she no, had yeah, she had right. to she go back and he go could back. go back and, yeah, and yeah, they were could, but at the same time you know, where was you know, she's she's defiantly also from a small town like that that point is made right so it's going to go what, to Sheboygan or some fucking thing well, like I don't know I mean I guess more but here's there's lots of complications here and one of the complications is this is that this film was entirely set to be and was supposed to be about Diane Carroll and Paul Newman being the couple. And Sidney Poitier and Joan Woodwork being another couple. That would have been such, and a, Diane, have been such a great difference. Diane movie. Carroll had kissed a white Frenchman in a play uh-huh. before this, this started production, and audiences had walked out and rioted. And so, in Sidney Poitier's words, they just totally chickened out. Now, it's why, to some degree, uh. it makes not as much sense and starts to fall apart in that it, the areas you're talking about. I'm not as hard on the, the Joanne Woodward to, part. I want to move to Paris But now. Joanne Woodward really would have been then the white woman yeah. who falls in love mutually with Sidney Poitier right. and is saying to Sidney Poitier, come back, it's getting better. And that to me would have made much more sense and tension for him yeah. going, no, what are you saying? And her, yeah. and her being sort of oblivious to what getting better really means. Right. Whereas a black woman, you sure, like, like, yeah, this is fucking great. Like, why would, they, why yeah. would she want to go that's, back? That makes, that doesn't that's make the sense. argument that, that kept driving me nuts. It wasn't Joan Woodward. That one I understood oh, more. It was Diane Carroll sort of like, America the... is getting better. And it's I keep thinking like, who, who is Diane Carroll? 
wow. what is she talking about? <laughs> and also, like this whole thing of like you got to go 1961. back. It really wasn't much better. At you got to go back to your roots, your wow. home. You mean the place where all my ancestors you, were like you, dropped you, off after they were stolen? My <laughs> home. Like, you, you mean the place where the word roots means like a yeah, TV? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> will be a TV show 15 years after this that people can't freak you the fuck out. Flinch when they watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it truly that part. That's what was a bad in the transition. Oh, that's fucking interesting. Yeah, I didn't the, know that. That changes a lot. It, yeah, that and really changes. I, the I think shit it's a huge, a huge part of it. <laughs> wow. And 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 that they had to sort of like begrudgingly. All four of them were really angry at the situation they were now contracted in to yeah. follow through this movie switching roles because it was like, well, they. Just, I mean, by the way, it's still a bold film for 1961 in many many ways. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's not quite the same bold film by a long stretch. By a long stretch <laughs> that they wanted to make, and it's yeah. like these these are four people who are like they're they're not just great actors, or at least three of them. But I mean, let's give Diane Carroll her due. They're also kind of like public intellectuals more than just like social activists, although they're that too. Yeah, this was a, this was a time like I, I credit uh, certainly. I mean, I think Portier kind of always did it. So the same thing with it, but but this was the time period when Paul Newman was really sort of actively engaged in a social sense. Like his yeah. movies weren't just the be- movies. The beginning of his of that yeah, movement, like the yeah. Hustler, right? Like the Hustler was like, I mean, he yeah, kind of. I guess you'd call him an, a bit of an edge lord now. Yeah. But he was uh, yeah, kind of the Johnny Depp of his day. Yeah, well, I, without I, as many without as many scarves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, so so I think that there's that aspect that that sort of like um, changes a little bit of that 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 conversation. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, there are others too. The the guy, um, the, the director uh, Martin Ritt, um, worked with uh, uh, Newman a, a few times during this time period. He did HUD a couple oh, of years later, sure. which is also a huge sort of social commentary. Mm-hmm. But then he went on and he did The Front. Um, you remember this? It's it's one of those few Woody Allen movies where yeah, Woody, yeah, Allen's it's not Woody Allen directed. movie, yeah, Zero yeah, Mostel, yeah, yeah. all okay. about Woody Allen, who's the front uh, for his his, yeah, black, for his blacklisted friends, yeah, right. And then he goes on and does Norma Ray. He directs Norma Ray in 1979. Uh, this is a man with a bee in his bonnet. He did, well, he had been he blacklisted yeah, in, yeah. in the 60s, so he was returning uh, from blacklisted work or being blasted, uh, blacklisted. I'm sorry, in 19, you know, 19, what, a few years afterwards right. to sort of do this, and he comes, you know. Like Dalton Trumbo, he just sort of comes out of the gate, like, "Well, I'm back, so fuck all of you." And right. here are my, <laughs> here's what I have to say about black-white relationship. I mean, the thing is, one of the things nice. I really like about this okay. film, despite you know its failure, the failure of the production company to stick with the original plan, is it doesn't do any of that. Like, I don't see color. I don't care if you're purple yeah, or yeah, have yeah. green hair. You know, it doesn't right. do any of that nonsense. Yeah, it's there. Mm-hmm. Newman does try to pick up Diane Carroll initially because he thinks that that she's cuter. It's yeah. just it's simply and like she's hotter. She kind of is in a sense. Yeah, you know. Th- yes. Now the thing about that I think that, uh, Joanne Woodward really brings to the table is this: her her acting chops are so good yeah. that um, initially I thought like ah, she's kind of dowdy and standoffish, and she's kind. You know, I'm not even right. sure I'm convinced of this role. And then you start to see like her, her to reveal herself a little bit and right. re- reveal herself being a human being. Who, who sleeps around. Right. Um, so got two kids. Who has From two, a non-previous marriage. From a non-previous marriage. Right. Who's just sort of wanting to explore life. So by the time she's in love with Paul Newman and wants to make this life, I'm not nearly as hard on her as I usually am with, with the choices that 
studios make female characters choose in these films where it's like I'm in love with you and I'm going to tame you I don't see her as like a tamer (laughs) right yeah well she's she's along for the ride she's like she's into the excitement of it too which is good but again like okay so that's that's a combination of two things good acting and good writing the the, you know the writers Mm -hmm. put it together and she 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 sold it and she did a really good job like she was she was great to behold in this movie there was so much about this movie yeah, like I said, it sounded at the beginning like I was down on the movie, but I'm yeah. not at all. There's some fucking. There are moments that are absolute gems in this movie. I'm kind of, yeah. I'm not. It's I'm not shocked that I've never heard of this before because, like I said, in a sense, it's a little kind of a. It's it's. It, there's a sense that it's a by the. You it can be perceived as a by the numbers sort of love story from yeah. that time period. Yeah, it really isn't. It breaks away from that. And if nothing else, the clip of Louis Armstrong and them going back and forth, and there's this little, yeah. there's this little jazz dance off all a Beat Street yeah. going on there that was fucking impressive that was just the musicality on that was great i mean i know the actors aren't playing the goddamn horn yeah. but watching louis armstrong rip it up like that was that I, I don't know that i've ever seen him really do it you know yeah he looked actually like comfortable he, he looked like he was about to of, die like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he like he was about to die but he'd been close to death for a long time doing this so yeah so it's like the the two stories the one that's more common is is the but still interesting is is the newman one where it's like he he really wants to sort of elevate himself to the level of composer not yeah, just improvisational yeah, yeah. musician mm-hmm. and there's a there's a really a shorter shrift given to that tension the personal tension he has but it's still an interesting sort of conversation he has with a um some sort of not a ranger but a producer or something yeah, like, basically uh, like tells a record him, executive you may or may not have it i don't know whether you have it or don't or, or do i don't know if you know it yet and know, like, i'm not like sure that very... i'm seeing it here all yeah. i see is something i'm gonna say is interesting and it's sort of like Newman really wants to hear something different. Yeah, and he's yeah. realistic about it, but he wants to hear something different. So when he hears that and is more willing to go with jo- Joanne Woodward, there's that sort of undertone of like, oh, well, it's not just that she's going to drag him to the suburbs. It's that he's going to sort of like submit himself to the suburbs. Yeah, give right? up. But, but much more Walk interesting away from the magic. is, is the, the sort of high tension stakes with Sidney Poitier because yes, yeah. it's like, you know, this is... Um, this film reminded me of of two people. One is um, James Baldwin, and James Baldwin's mm. um, whole sort of like um, writing in the fifties and, and being in Paris and and having this sort of different experience. Of course, as as a black man in Paris, sure. but also this moment where he, and there's this film called "I'm Not Your Negro" that came out about three years ago. The James it's James Baldwin's like sort of authorized you know documentary. Right, I heard yeah, heard and, straight. And and where he basically says. Um, I had found my I I I'd escaped, and then all of a sudden I realized, oh, I'd escaped also these obligations I have. I'm right. gonna have to come back to America, and that just knowing that and and like I, I can't credit the film with this because it's like you can't depend on people knowing about James Baldwin's feelings while they're watching this film. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but I but I do. I'm stuck yeah. with knowing his feelings and thinking about the city Poitier character and saying Diane Carroll's not doing a good job of selling it yeah. to us or to him. But the idea that he actually would be have some conflict, if not he, the type she's talking about, but like, yeah, yeah I, maybe I do need to go back there and face face that might the take music. Like a better, so to speak. That might take better writing or something like yeah. that, because because then he would have to like get you know get across that that conf- that's the conflict going on in it without her kind of being over that kind of bludgeoning yeah. him with that that as the conflict. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, that yeah. Would, and then the other person I was thinking oh, of is, is Dexter Gordon, who you may be able to hear. I'm not sure in the background here and. And Dexter Gordon, the, the album I'm playing is, is a 1976 um, 
live at the Village Vanguard, and it was the year that Dexter Gordon came back from France after exiling himself for 20 years, uh, and he he had more than any of them was like, "Fuck this! I'm never coming back to America." I, I get that so much. Uh, totally, dude. totally. But he came back, and and then as a result of of his own personal journey, there's a film from I want to say 88 called Round Midnight, where Dexter Gordon, who is no great actor, just simply plays himself really? as 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 a jazz man coming back from France. Oh. Convinced by a Frenchman to to go on like a small I've heard tour, of that movie. Is, it, is that a worthwhile movie? It's it's beautiful film and it's okay. so subtle and it's because Dexter Gordon lived it for decades and he just sort of it just comes out of his pores. Mm. He doesn't have to be a good actor. He he just wears the face <laughs> of someone like I'm I'm gonna let's see what it's like to come back to my home country yeah. where I was you know where where people called me a nigger and yeah. and I then I lived like a man for twenty years you know respected person not just respected <laughs> but adored. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, more than respected. Yeah, there was a guy. There was a, there was like I said. There's just some great moments in this thing. Like there's this one point where some kid uh, says to City Portier, "Hello, Mr. Blackman," but and Portier yeah. is like fine with it. Whereas you know you can see like he wouldn't have been had that been in the United States. The N word would have been dropped or something like that. Yeah, or like there would have been like the tone of voice. So it's really it, it makes that argument really well. Like I get it, man. Like just living in Paris, fuck yeah. It's an interesting uh, argument we're having now too. And it's also fucking Paris. I mean, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, like that's Paris, the, that's a, oh, that's another thing I wanted to talk about. There's like the, uh, the the directing and the cameraman. They did really good work on this thing. Yeah. They showed Paris. They didn't pretty it up any. No. Like there was some really some there was some weird grimy stuff, but it was still like looked more interesting somehow. Well, I don't know because just the exoticism of Paris. I, I, I think that that's interesting. The Champs Elysees and and the, the they're like walking along the the River Seine, and it looked and like the there's some shitholes shots there. Yeah, I was there. Um, uh, the first time I was there years ago, sure. I was walking along with yeah, one of the many times. Would one, Tommy, would one enjoys a brioche beneath the myself, chestnut trees of the show? Even as a Caucasian, do I want to go back where I'm not appreciated? <laughs> no, no, you don't. No, you don't. You know why? Because they don't have Trump over there, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh. I was walking along with um, Sorry, uh, perhaps someone I was, I you know, later grew to not like so much, and uh, we were walking along. <laughs> about my first wife mm. and um we we sort of ran the stride another american couple it was a serviceman and his wife or something mm. and um <laughs> there was we we're walking along that's a real shitty part of the sin and um this the service guy goes my god oh no his wife goes she points at the sidewalk she goes oh there's all kinds of look at all the dog shit there, and there was just piles of dog shit like every fucking five feet just wow what are they what do they do with this and as if we were living a movie <sighs> A Frenchman who had sort of been walking by as we were having this conversation turned without missing a beat and said, we make Americans out of it. <laughs> and we were so stunned and happy. I mean, this is just, just, oh joyful you know, and you know what's even happier is him. He's been waiting to say that for yeah, fucking decades. Yeah, he's probably like missed like, his cue like 20 times. Oh, just why, turned why a corner and did one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was quite a brilliant oh, shit. move. It fucking landed the dismount. Um, okay, so... Uh, the, uh, we talked about a couple of like small detractions. One thing I'm going to say about like I'm going to say the first act, and not even completely the first act that I didn't. It was I mean it's a such a sort of nitpicky complaint. Uh, is that the first 20 minutes of this film, and I'm assuming they shot it in sequence because of this observation, hmm. is almost like too perfectly executed by method actors and here's what i mean the dialogue sort of comes across this way mm -hmm. it's sort of like um 
there was that time, that time you're talking about. Yes, you remember the time. Oh, I remember, but did Sydney remember? <laughs> and it's sort of like, okay, we understand. This is like right out of like New York, like oh, act, very West Wing. Act, yeah, very sort of like no. Yeah. Okay, you're never going to complete a sentence. You're going to sort of like keep sort of like. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, distracting us halfway through, you know, with a reference mm, we very don't David get. Mamet. That's who. That's it's what very Mamet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And okay. I was going to say the actor studio. That that sort of yeah. original sort of um, you know James Dean did that all the way to like um, Martin Landau. They 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 were sort of but it, it and it's like well that's hardly it, it's a weird complaint. That was too perfect. But it was like yeah it it, it sort of had too much polish on yeah, it right at the beginning and then you just sort of felt like they loosened up into the role. It could. It could well be that it's it's the sort of like the growing disappointment with what they were the situation they were stuck with rather than the one they wanted, right? Right. Which is right. an amazing sort of. Um, but yeah, and, and, and of course. Oh, I, there's this other thing. There's a third little storyline that goes on here, which is uh, oh, yeah. which I think is the, <laughs> yeah, because it's about jazz. So we got to have a junkie in here at some yeah. point. He's gonna get, I just, like, Paul Newman. There's a guitarist in his band. Mm. Uh, the guitar player, the guitar player, the, the gypsy, gypsy guitar dude yeah, yeah. Uh, enjoys the uh, enjoys the heroin, the horse. He yeah. likes he likes playing the pony. The horsey. Mm-hmm. I think I made that up. Anyways, uh, so uh, so uh, so, but uh, but he's ruining his life. So Paul Newman needs to fix him. So he goes and you know brings brings him to like one of the old great jazz gypsy guitarists of all time. Yeah, you know, and and it's like then this is what happens. And so the guy, we're gonna be in a year, gypsy. <laughs> and it's like, and it's just like the wasn't the gypsy's name is what was his name? I don't remember mustache or something like that. I know it was something it's on weird, the side but, of a road plunking at like a Toys R Us guitar. It was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah, but 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 anyway, so his junkie friend like at that point just goes, you know what? I don't like heroin that much, and yeah. just quits. He just fucking quits. He just yeah. stops taking it. But then he starts straightens again. up his life. Yeah, 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 but but there's that there's that little period where it's like yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it was a weak cliche. I, yeah, I, there was, was no purpose for it in a movie. The only interesting just, thing just I thought about that whole sort of heroin gypsy guitar player thing was initially when you found out who his dealer was, and it was this, this old old lady, mm. French lady, who just fucking found a way to to make money off their misery. But other than that, it was sort of a superfluous. I, I would. Yeah. Uh, now, now that I'm thinking about it, like I think your your comment about the beginning of the movie is yeah. true because it starts off with this whole thing. It's like I was expecting them. I was honestly watching the beginning of the movie. I thought, oh, this is going to be yeah. like some life lesson about like the dangers of jazz of the jazz lifestyle or right, something like right, that. Right. right? Turned out not to be necessarily, but there was that there was that sort of like almost Nazi par. Uh, the, the, um, Propaganda sort of quality, the perf- the kind of an overly perfect, uh, an over perfection to the beginning of the movie. They kind of played to that a little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was also going. to... It felt s- like a wholesome person talk- trying to make a commentary about a jazz. Yeah. Situation. I just I read an article in preparation for this, um, and and the writer was saying something that I don't agree with, but I sort of see where he came came off with it. And it was like um, that. This film reminds him a little bit of the sweet smell of success. And I, on yeah. paper, it's like no, mm-hmm. but I, the, there's a tonality to it that I kind of agree with. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. And I would now, say, that would now. Do you think that has to do with something because they're so jazz is so sort sort of integral to the story? Yeah, I mean that's part of it certainly. Um, but there's a there's a sense that. Um, it's it's sort of like the close shot and the long shot, and it's sort of like when things are going well, it's you're you're in a room with all these people or in rooms with these people, and when you're meant to sort of be more reflective or or questioning or sort of like um, suspect that tension's coming up, then you get like the long shots walking along the sand or going down uh, down a lon- down a lonely boulevard somewhere. Yeah, it really yeah, sort of plays okay. with that, and I don't I don't know you know 
if that's if that's what they call an aspect of neorealism of that movement. I'm, I'm not educated enough to know, but they call but, it noir. Uh, but this, but but Paris Blues is not a noir at all. No, it isn't. Oh, was it listed that way? No, no, it wasn't. But I'm saying, like, what you're talking about is something oh, I think yeah. is it's more also, sort of characteristic of a noir yeah, genre. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I'm also thinking of things like um, uh, uh, Jules de Sam makes non-noir movies that also have that quality. I don't know. I really don't know what I'm talking about. But it, I, I do know that it was sort of moved along in an interesting way. Like, we're focusing on, on the actors and the writing. But also, let's not forget Martin Ritt's direct direction is, I think... Not impeccable, but close. Yeah, the it's music pretty, is great. It's pretty goddamn there's, good. There's so much about this movie that's to recommend it. So yeah, yeah. it's good. It's, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It, it doesn't go as socially deep as as I think it hoped to, and it well, and clearly. As I I wanted mean, it to. And derailed. as you indicated, yeah. it went nowhere fucking near. Um, yeah. But it was yeah, it's a good. Uh, it's definitely an enjoyable movie. Show. Well, and also we should mention that it's public domain, and you can find it on anything as common as YouTube, for instance. For just as a for instance, as a for instance, like as if as in we watched it there specifically. We watched it on YouTube, is what I'm saying. Yes, YouTube is <laughs> where we free. found this movie. What was that about? I <laughs> hate that about myself. For some reason, at that moment, I wanted to sort of play it off like, "Well, I didn't watch it there, but you can watch it there." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where I watched it. Uh, I mean, yeah. I hear you can also find it there if you're of the plebeian class or something. And I started watching yeah. it on my phone because that's what you sent it to me. <laughs> oh, that enrages me. But okay, buddy. Um, yeah, I highly recommend. Um, yeah, totally. Awesome. Oh, by the way, just, send just us a couple some. of the greatest actors of that time period at the top of their game for sure. Yeah, awesome. All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Uh, got anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Check us out. Oh, right. Give send us a note on uh, Finley's uh, dot uh, Finley's on film at Gmail. Finley's on film at Gmail. Any questions? Anything? Got it. All right. See you, folks. <laughs>